Hey everybody and welcome to the Darkcast. This is episode number 99 and I am your host Jonathan Miley. Yes, this is episode 99 which means we are coming up on episode 100. Uh, obviously, that's going to be the next one. Uh, so keep your eyes out because uh, we're going to do something really special for that episode. Uh, we really hope you enjoy it. Anyway, that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about Unnamed 101. Uh, recently, I got to talk to Mark Sanz Lopez who is the CEO of Hale Studios, and they are currently working on a game called Unnamed 101. Uh, They recently started a Kickstarter and are currently right in the middle of that. Uh, So we get to talk about some of the things that go into Kickstarter. We talk about their new game, uh, and we talk about the history of the studio. So we had a really great chat. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, If you want to find out more about Dark Station, you can do that at uh, darkstation.com. You can read our news reviews and features there. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at darkstation underscore com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. We are the Dark Cast. And uh, if you want to find out more about Unnamed 101 or Hail Studios, then check out the links below uh, in the show notes uh, where you can uh, find out all about the kinds of things that you can get if you back this game. Uh, anyway, we hope you enjoy this episode. On with the show. Darkcast Mark, thank you for joining us today. How are how are you doing? Hello, Jonathan. Thanks for the invite. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I'm actually uh, working on a uh, a review right now for a, a stealth game and trying to figure out what I want to play next. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Let me give you an answer to that. Unnamed 101. <laughs> good answer. Uh, well, bef- obviously we're we're here to talk about Unnamed 101, but before we get to that, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, who you are, uh, what you do. Uh, you work for um, Hail Studios. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do there uh, and some about the studio itself? Great, sure. So um, I'm the CEO and one of the three co-founders of Hail Studios, a mobile video game startup. We started like a year and a half ago. And we've, we've been focusing on bringing like an amazing game to mobile because we, we thought there was this massive opportunity on, on bringing a really good, hardcore RPG, good quality game to mobile because we, we haven't seen anything like that before. And we also wanted to, to see like the connection with comic because a lot of us, a lot of the hardcore gamers love comic and we haven't seen really an engagement or, or, a, or a good mix of games and comic at the same time. Apart from that, um, I also work in Google um, uh, in enterprise uh, for Chromebooks in education, and okay. I started a, a series of other ventures uh, that probably not worth mentioning. So. <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, so one of the things, and in, in kind of looking at um, your website, uh, I noticed that um, Hail Studios, you you've got people all over the the globe in terms of your employees. Um, how, how many people do you actually employ? So now the total team is 10. Um, we are three co-founders, four partners, and six uh, employees, although we, I like to just call all of us hailers. So that makes them hailers um, all around the world. Six different countries, three continents, and five different time zones. 
wow, that's um, that's got to be a beast to try to to get everybody on the same page sometimes, doesn't it? Well, the best part is like most of the team I've never actually met in person. It's a studio that has been born 100% of the cloud from the beginning. We've just video conferencing with uh, Hangouts, uh, Drive to transfer files, mm-hmm. and we just try to source the best talent in every discipline, sure. whatever we've been from. Sure. So you said that you guys um, have been around for about a year and a half. Um, uh, how many of you, where, where are you actually located? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> difficult to answer sometimes. But I'm, I'm located in Dublin at the moment. Okay. Although, as you can see, I mean, we have people in six countries. I really work from every place. Like gotcha. um, one or two weeks ago, I was working from Turkey and just recently from Spain. I just work from wherever I can. Okay, uh, so do you go around and meet with the, uh, uh, you know, your different employees and kind of work with them, or do you have a, I guess, a base location that you generally go back to? So my base location is definitely Dublin, and I okay. said like most of the team I haven't really met, and and if, if it was, you know, if I really saw it was necessary, I would actually fly and, and meet them, and I'm sure it's going to happen at some point. Sure. It hasn't been it, that hasn't been the case until now. So no, my, my travels are either for leisure and change a bit of environment or for okay. work. Okay, gotcha. Other, other jobs there. Okay, gotcha. I understand. Um, so uh, is anyone else in Dublin with you, or um, are you all kind of scattered? So one one of the last um, incorporations or like uh, acquisitions of talent uh, is Hugh, um, a marketing specialist that I worked in Ubisoft and Dell before, and he's also in Dublin with me. He's the only person in Dublin. Okay. Apart from that, we're like the UK, Spain, Argentina, US, and Canada. Awesome. Very cool. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess. Uh, well, uh, one other question I want to ask before we we move on and and kind of talk about uh, the game is uh, what what are some of the challenges that you faced in having a a more widely spread um, kind of employee base? Because I, I know that you know with Dark Station. Um, you know, none of us are, are located. We're all across the U.S. Some of us are in the U.K. Um, and, and that sort of thing. What What are some of the challenges that you've faced in uh, having that kind of structure? So, I mean, I'm, I'm, from what you say, I, I guess you know the challenges too. The, the main challenge, I would say, like keep everyone as motivated that is in the same page mm-hmm. as, as if you were in the same office, right? The, yeah. the advantage of being in the same location is that you see um, each other every day, you're able to share every little detail, you're able to see the screens of your colleagues and, and just, just follow along, right, and really engage a lot. So when you're in not only the location, but especially five different time zones, it's just difficult to even meet people that are awake at the same time you are. And <laughs> right. the crazy schedules of artists and developers, I mean, that's, that's just like a Russian roulette, if you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's, I guess that's the main challenge. And the other one, of course, is just meeting and finding common time zones, uh, times uh, Three slots to meet, but to be honest, when when I think of the global team we have, I, I I just can't stop thinking that there's way more advantages than disadvantages. Because if I had to just source all the talent and all the team from my current location, for example, Dublin, mm-hmm. I would just have such a smaller market to choose from. So when I think of like, well, the world is my market. I, I was able to to select all the talent um, market out there and, and just select the best of the of all the people that were interested in the game. So I think the advantages are just way, outweigh the, the disadvantages. Sure, yeah. And what we're trying to do right now, I mean, you know, like one of the other main challenges is to kind of finance and then buy the time of, of every hailer. And, and that's what we do in the Kickstarter campaign right now. Um, you can search in Kickstarter unnamed 
101 or Hale Studios and you'll see our amazing project. And you'll, be, you'll see like this year of recruiting and working on this project has uh, yielded uh, great, great results. But that's just like the beginning of what this game is going to look like and how amazing it's going to be. Absolutely. Now, uh, speaking of Unnamed 101, uh, it's a you know, iOS game, uh, Android game that you guys are working on that you recently started um, a Kickstarter campaign for. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about what that game is, um, what what kind of game it is, and all that kind of stuff? Sure. So Unnamed 101 is a top-down, twin-stick action RPG, is our uh, role-playing game, set in a story of a rich steampunk universe, right? So the main character um, wakes up, and he's half a machine, powered by steam, and half a human. He has no idea who he is. He's lost identity. I mean, the only thing he knows is he's been experimented on by machines. Mm-hmm. The, the objective of the game is for him to try to figure out who he is, and, and the best part, and I think that's why one of the things that makes it really original, is like he has to figure out what side of the game he wants to join. So the, the narrative of the game is told by comic, right? It's that we, we told comic versus cinematic, so I thought it really gave you like a steampunk, old-school um, style. And mm-hmm. you have to take these decisions in the game that will affect how the, how the gameplay and, and the, how the story develops. So every time you take a decision, the comic changes into a, a new path. And, and you, from the first decision, you're already building your own story. And you're building it by playing it. And, and I think that's really unique. I and mean, we've seen it very few times just in, in famous games like Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. But the most, like, we wanted to give a little bit more protagonism to the comic. So when the game finishes, you are able to, to see all this, all the comic, the full comic you've actually built by taking the decisions and playing. Mm-hmm. So it's like these other only experience, which is like first you play it and then you actually just read through a story that you've been part of and that you've actually built. It's your own comic. Mm-hmm. And because we, we want to go a bit beyond the game, we, you can actually order it and we will send a hard copy of that comic, which is only yours, unique, um, to your to your home. Uh, so how will that work? Will you have like a, a code that the game generates when you get done that you'll like type into your website or something or? Well, like the technical aspect is actually pretty easy because every every decision just mm-hmm. will have a unique code, and, and of course we have set a, a number of, of combinations that mm-hmm. we can build. But of course, like when you when you every time you take a decision, that will be recorded, and if you wanna um, like that that those codes or those decisions will already be collected or organized at the end of the game when we show you the comics. So mm-hmm. the actual fact of ordering the hard copy is just sending those the list of combinations um, to to Halo Studios so that we. Um, just publish it, print it, and send it to your to whatever you you specify. Very cool. Uh, now you mentioned that with um, you know kind of the RPG structure, you'll be able to um, you know choose new paths, and it'll affect gameplay and the story and all that kind of stuff. And that's something that a lot of RPGs um, you know talk about letting you do. And and sometimes it can be you know kind of disappointing where you realize well that that decision really didn't make that big of a difference it's just you know kind of flavored a little bit different what are you guys yeah. trying to do um to make it where those decisions those decisions really do um you know seem like they're making yeah, a big yeah. difference i i compl- yeah you completely nailed it jonathan and that's something we've experienced too and something we really wanted to make a change of so we've seen like a Games like Diablo, where you you can like kind of like go one way or choose your powers in one direction or another, but that's that's not the kind of like decision we want to take. The decisions you take in, in the name one one do significantly change the story, basically because you either join more the human side or the robot side, and that's that's a huge change, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. fight and, and you, you completely build a different story, for example. And, I'm not sure if, if I'm allowed to say this, right? But at some point in the game, for example, you, you're fighting this, this massive robotic ant 
like that is shooting at you and that is fighting you, and you have the decision to either kill it or escape. Well, if you escape, that actual ant will actually uh, be your ally in the future. And, and if you kill it, it will totally change the story, right? I won't, I won't release anything else other than the game designer will absolutely kill me. So the story <laughs> completely will change. And the, of course, the, if I name one one goes well and this Kickstarter campaign uh, works as it should, um, we will release a name one of two and, and the plan is to go a name one of three, of course. And our objective is following an, a bit of an homage to uh, a Mass Effect. That a name one and two starts wherever you finished in a name one one. So following that actual unique stories in 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 the, in the next sequels of the game. Oh, awesome! Yeah, that that's always a a, a great thing, and uh, it's, it's something that I, I personally didn't realize kind of how powerful um, the desire to carry my character through. Uh, like, because I, I I played all the Mass Effect games, and you know when I got right. done with the uh, the third one. Like I didn't really want to go back and play it because I knew I didn't have to figure out all the decisions and kind of, you know, prep the world the way I wanted it to be for the next yeah. game. Because um, I mean, I played the first two, you know, over and over and over again because it's like, okay, well, if that decision wasn't quite right. I want to go in and and tweak exactly. that. Exactly, and, <laughs> and you and you change the game, right? It's like yeah. you play a different game, and 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 I'm just imagining, right? I mean, we're just so excited about this project, and everybody we show it to is just so excited. I mean. Probably not as excited as we are, but they really like it. And as sure. you just imagine that you can, you know, finish the name one on one just before a name one or two is even released, right? And you ordered the, the the comic, and then you play it again, and you actually like it more, and you kind of ordered the comic again. And you have this series of like five versions of, of, of hardcore hard copy uh, comic books of one on one, the one or two, and you kind of build your own comic series. Is that not the dream of every hardcore role playing <laughs> game? I mean, it's definitely yeah. ours. I, I mean, imagine it, right? With even your name or your nickname in the speech bubbles of the comic, we're trying to make this like a, an experience we haven't we haven't really be, seen before. Yeah, that that sounds uh, that sounds pretty awesome. Um, now, uh, as far as you know, obviously there'll be uh, story changes and stuff like that, and and gameplay changes depending on who you're fighting. Um, but siding with humans or the the machines is that gonna kind of dictate how? you level up or, or how are the RPG mechanics gonna kind of work in this? So depending on the decision to take, you'll, you'll of course, de- uh, will develop some powers or others. The mm-hmm. powers right now, and again, probably I'm releasing too much information, <laughs> but um, they're divided into mental powers and mechanical powers. Okay. Um, one of the mechanical powers I really like, and, and it's already developed, is this, this magnetic mind that you can actually see in the video in Kickstarter when you when you look for them in yeah, one, one project. I, I, I saw that. And you, you saw the mind, you saw it, right? You saw the mine, and actually it kind of like attracts like metallic, uh, the, the metallic enemies, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it explodes, uh, creating a... Mm-hmm. Actually so, something... Right. So, um, th- this is one of the mechanical powers, and, and you'll take that depending on the experience you get and, and the points. You still have to figure out the mechanics, but yeah, you know how it works, right? Um, so, uh, now one of the things that's, that's mentioned in the, the Kickstarter video is, you know, this... You want this to be a you know a, a good deep RPG, but you don't want to have all the crazy inventory management and you know all the cumbersome parts of that. So so what are you doing to try to streamline that or or get around those sorts of things? Yeah, yeah. So so that's a good point, and, and I'm glad you you picked it up from the video because we have to remember this is still for as a mobile focused game, and we don't we don't discard uh, going into console and and PC afterwards actually. Kickstarter campaign goes really well. It's something we, we definitely have in our stretch goals. But I mean, we we just we just remember from all the games, and it's been great fun when you actually get very addicted to a game that you have 
huge combinations of items and weapons and, and, and stuff. But when you work, when you play in the game and you're talking about like a four-hour gameplay game instead of a, like you know 150-hour gameplay, um, mm-hmm. you want a bit more simplicity. You want you don't want to overthink it so much. You want to have the right number of combinations, right? So we, sure. for example, we, we have put in a number of weapons and we develop more, but it won't be like infinite number of weapons, right? And and you probably I mean and this is still to the side, but you probably see the weapons you can you can use even before you use, you can use them uh, so that you can decide what way to go or where to spend your money, uh, experience, or whatever the currency of the game ends up being, because I'm still in debate. So it's about the right number of combinations. And here, Kevin Chandler, which is a game designer, is making um, amazing contributions. I'm really, really happy to work with him because he's been experienced, for example, in um, Star Wars Old Republic, and he comes from my very experienced background. So he's helping us adjusting the level of like combinations and difficulty to, so that it's a really, really fun game to make. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, and I guess kind of one last question about the uh, uh, kind of how it plays. It's it's a like a twin stick shooter is how basically you're going to be, um, you know, controlling the game, uh, right? Is that, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Twin stick. And one of the things is the little details, right? Attention to detail is something I really care about. Is that um, whenever you put the thumb, it, it, of course, within a radio of the, of the where the thumbstick should go, that's the center of the of the stick. So mm-hmm. you don't have to pay attention to where exactly you put the thumb, or I put the thumb too high, so that's why I'm not controlling it well. Because the, the, the twin stick or the, the circle or the, you know, the radius will follow your thumb. So whatever you press, that will be the, the center of that circle. And that makes it, just little things just make it way easier to play. And it's sure. just lots of fun. I've, I've played to the, like, the alpha version, and I just couldn't stop playing and say, like, hey, guys, you've got to continue developing because it's just I really want to play. <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely. Um... Do you think, I mean, is, is that the going to be the only control scheme, or do you think you're going to try to have it so you can, like, you know, tap on the screen to move, almost like a, you know, Diablo-style control scheme or something like that, or is, uh, is Twin no, Stick no, no, the way to go? Yeah, it's, it's, Twin Stick is definitely the way to go, and okay. I'm telling you, well, I really, um, we were debating a lot about this, because... Because it's really important to, to nail the controls, right? Sure. Yeah. Was when when I when I tried it, I went with the iPhone. I was trying it there in the early stages, with not even anything was textured, and I was like, "Guys, you nailed it. This is just awesome. It's just really nice to play." You do, like if you, if you manage to connect the iPhone to, to a screen, you don't even have to see, look at the iPhone. It's just so natural. Mm-hmm. We're so used to it. Um, I think it's it's more 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 natural than we're actually used in computers. Of course, in computers we we've, we've, uh, we've used it so much that it's, it feels natural. But in the phone, with the with those fingers, where one you should, one used for moving and another one you move to shooting, it's so nice. For example, to be escaping um, um, an enemy and be shooting at it at the same time. Something that in the model of Diablo or in many PC games you can't actually do because you have to shoot in the way you move, right? And that's mm-hmm. really cool. For example, another thing I really like to do is like keep moving in circles around an enemy and shooting at the same time. So mm-hmm. you have to coordinate both both thumbs really well to keep aiming at the, at the enemy, right? So it, it just looks like a very good um, control system. And for now, we're definitely keeping that. Awesome. Uh, that that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, now, <laughs> glad uh, to hear. <laughs> now, uh, with the story, uh, you said that you're going with the the comic book style, uh, and obviously that. Um, is going to play a big part in, you know, you being able to read your own comic book that you're kind of creating. Uh, but is is that the reason that you went with comic books over, like, traditional cutscenes, Or do you think there's something that comic books offer that, you know, you couldn't really convey in cutscenes or something like that? Why did you go with the comic book style? Rather? Yeah, that, that's an awesome question. And, um, I, Jonathan, let me ask you something. Were you, were you a comic reader? Did you like comics? Um, uh... 
every now and then. I, I'm not an avid reader, but uh, every now and then sure. I can sink my teeth into a graphic novel. So sure. So have you ever like watched uh, like a TV series or or just whatever cartoon or whatever like in in any, in kind of like video in TV and also in comic? Have you have you had the double experience with the same show for the same series? Um. So like, watch something that is a comic and a uh, yeah. For example, TV show? the typical. Dragon Ball sets, right? You could read the comic, or you can you can watch the the series or the the chapter, right? right? Sure. We always found that the comic had this old school style where 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 you had to make more of the story in your mind and mm -hmm. had this unique experience attached to it, right? I mean, well, of course, we have some cinematics. I mean, you can already see in the beginning of the Kickstarter video that we're planning like really really cool cinematics. Mm -hmm. um, but but we just saw that the, the comic had this this experience attached to it. And and that it's been kind of forgotten in a lot of games, but by you know a lot of market research or you know just asking here and there, we just realized that everyone that really likes hardcore games or role playing games had, likes comics to some extent or some another, and and we wanted to provide that. We wanted to build something that hasn't been built before. We just didn't want to be one more out there. And I think we, we we're nailing and the, the combination and the balance between like comic and, and game and, and building your own adventure. So we're really happy with the combination. And everybody we show, it's just like wow. Comic. I didn't really think about it, and and wow, nice that you're doing it. Like, let me know more, right? So people are reacting really well. So it looks like we're making the good decision. Um, only time will say, of course, but uh, looks like we're doing some some good choices. Good. Uh, now, um, one of the things that uh, I don't remember if it was mentioned on the Kickstarter page or if it's on your your website, uh, but you mentioned that you know a lot of times stories in video games seems to be one of the last things implemented or something that's just kind of left by the wayside altogether. Um, so obviously you're doing a lot with the uh, you know the comic book um, and the the decisions, uh, but is there anything else that you're trying to do, uh, whether with voice acting or just the way that you're writing the story, to make sure that that doesn't happen, so that the you know the story is important and you know good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I mean, we actually, I don't think we mentioned that in a Kickstarter video, um, but that's actually a very important point, you know, that I mean, I mean, you clearly told it from experience, and, well, the story is actually written. Um, that's the first thing we did, and we spent a lot of time debating on how the story should go, and mm -hmm. the only debate now is little details like exactly how the gadgets are going to be, or what enemies are going to be, or stuff, but the main story is already written. And okay. We've, we've, that was done in a very early stage today with Kevin and all the team, and we, we, it was very important for us that all the team had a contribution and gave feedback to that, because it was from that story that we took every other decision, right? I mean, it's much easier to decide whether how many enemies or how many levels or, or, or what aesthetics or, or so many other things of the game when you know how the story is going to look like. So the game, the story is actually not being built at the end. We, we, you know, it's not that we're going to build some some state environments and some enemies and then decide what to do with them. It's the total opposite, right? Right? And then it just makes more sense what enemies to develop, what weapons. It just fits so much, you know, naturally. And that's helped a lot on, on building a compelling story and, and just having this connection between how the game looks like, how the comic looks like, and, and the story of the game. Does that answer your question, John? Yes, it does. <laughs> Great. Uh now, uh, we, we, we've been talking about Kickstarter a lot um, here because, obviously, you know, you're in the middle of your campaign. Um, and we, we've talked to several people that have either, you know, been starting their uh, Kickstarter campaign or have done a Kickstarter campaign. Um, but one of the things that I guess uh, is a question I've never really had answered is what all goes into making a Kickstarter campaign? Not necessarily all the stuff that you have to do during it because there's a lot of... You know, campaigning and trying to get the word out that that's got to be done 
Um, but just in terms of like if you had a project and you want to get it submitted to Kickstarter and stuff like that, what what's actually entailed in that? <laughs> so how much time do you have, Jonathan? Because <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go to sleep at some point, you know. <laughs> No, just kidding. But like that question, I mean, is a huge question, and it couldn't be more important. It's, it, and it's also very long to answer. Let, let's try and do a nutshell. The first thing, really, that you have to work out to do a Kickstarter campaign is whether you want to do it or not. It's not a um, kind of like, oh yeah, let's try it. A Kickstarter is a huge commitment, sure. and if you don't do it well, it'd be, it'd be a waste of your time and resources. It definitely will. Mm-hmm. And Kickstarter can be two things. It can be a last resort can be a first resort, and, and, and especially be, and a lot of people don't talk about this, is a massive marketing strategy or marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, if you successfully found it, you just get such amount of, of engaged pre-users um, um, to whatever your project is, and that's so valuable because these people will remain engaged until the end of the project. Um, mm-hmm. In a way, like you wouldn't be able to, to manage it any, any other way, right? <laughs> Maybe your family and friends, but apart from that, like these people will get really engaged because they basically put the money and, and, and faith and trust in you, right? Mm-hmm. So to start a Kickstarter campaign, the first thing you have to do is like, what are we trying to do? For example, for us, it's really important um, to get a community around the development of the game. And, and we're using something that we haven't seen other studios, especially not big ones, uh, use at all, which is an open innovation or open development model. If you see our YouTube channel, which is um, youtube.com forward slash hail channel, uh, you'll see like we posted videos of work in progress, right? As lo- as, as in the meantime that we were developing our environments or our uh, characters or enemies, we were just uploading these videos where we were where we just show what we were working on before it was finished. And the idea was to create this community of people that could have an influence on the development of the game. And they could say, oh, I really like this, or I really like that, why would we put this and that? And Kickstarter campaign then is extremely aligned with this because if we get um, all these amount of engaged users that they can um, create, like, uh, they'll, they'll contribute to the backers uh, forum that, that we've set up in their webpage, and, and they can all contribute to this development of the game, they they just feel it like it's more of theirs, right? When they play the game, it's like, wow, I helped to do that. Um, oh, I, I, I told them to do that, and they really did. And what I always tell um, the fans that check our video or our resources or whatever talk to me is that the, all, the, all the team is, uh, is checking them, all our social channels uh, continuously and every comment that you, uh, that you add to any like our, our videos or, or posts, uh, they, they, they seal it directly, right? So if you get some sort of like um, a lot of likes or plus ones or whatever, they will definitely uh, take into account. We actually made changes uh, with the feedback of, of fans already. So deciding if, if it's aligned to your strategies and, and how much time and resources you can dedicate to Kickstarter is the first thing you can do. Uh, you, you have to do, and then you also have to see the maturity of the project, because if you don't have enough to show, you have to, you have to sell the, like, the idea has to be very sellable by itself, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we try to, to put together a lot of, um, kind of like enough resources to show how the game is going to look like, but also don't show the whole game, because, you know, we all want to see how the game developed when we play it, right, we don't want to uh, right. make a spoiler video. Mm-hmm. So that's some of the things, the main things you have to um, figure out when you when you're gonna start a Kickstarter campaign. There's much more. I don't know if you you have any other sp- more specific questions, but I guess we can leave it there for now. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously. I mean, I, I'm not looking to start a Kickstarter campaign or anything like that. But I'm just right, why not? Know, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so uh, obviously, you know, one of the big draws to to Kickstarter is getting uh, you know getting all the goodies that you get with the different stages. Um, or I guess uh, different tiers. Uh, so what are some of the things that backers can expect to get uh, if they back um, Unnamed 101? Sure. So that was one of the main um, concerns right? when building the campaign is like do rewards that are really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. And some of like, of course, like one of the first rewards the, the, the backers or the, 
uh, can get is, of course, the game, a unique version of the game that we were developed just for, for the Kickstarter campaign, um, the original soundtrack. And when I say the original soundtrack, I mean, you, you can't imagine how good it's, it's sounding. Like, the, our Damian, our sound artist, has won like, a lot of awards. And he's, um, he, I, he's been referenced to me as one of the best um, sound artists and music composers for video games in all of Europe. And this these soundtrack just reminds me of the big, big movies like Lord of the Rings and others. And we'll mm-hmm. keep updated this week because we're going to post um, one of the main themes already, right? So the soundtrack, the um, you know limited edition of the games and stuff. And when we move to like more the, the things that are maybe a bit even cooler, right? Like the t-shirts and, and hoodies of, uh, of, the, of the gorilla and the, and the, of the and unnamed. I don't know if you've seen uh, the hoodie in the website, but it just looks epic. Like all the teams, you can't wait to create these hoodies to get one. Especially my favorite is the, the white hoodie with the silver gorilla. It just looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the series rewards, right? Then there's stuff like the mugs. Uh, and then there's this thing where we just found out, like, kind of like, I was trying to figure it out what, what kind of like profile picture to put for the Kickstarter campaign, and we thought like, wow, the Emma, the, the 2D artist, thought like, well, we have to do a bit of steampunk modification of your picture, right? It just looks too serious. Um, and she caught one of my pictures that I had on the website, and she just made this steampunk portrait of me. And it's just, it was hilarious. We all loved it so much. So we said, you know what? Um, this has to be shared. I know it took some hours to do, but um, so one of the, the higher rewards is the, that you, you can submit one of your pictures or, you know, whatever picture you want, and we'll do a steampunk portrait of you. And <laughs> nice. If you take a Kickstarter um, campaign, you'll, you'll see, like, it's really fun. And we can even, of course, we, there's an option of getting a hard copy tip, uh, so you can actually, of course, hang it around. <laughs> so uh, that's the kind of thing that, uh, you know, we, we, we try to have fun and uh, people have fun. And uh, I think it's really original. We haven't ever seen that, that kind of reward before. So um, we, we went for it, right? And yeah. other things, of course, like, you know, wallpapers, getting the comic is a hard copy, the game codex, the art book. The art book is going to have to be absolutely epic. And um, I think that's one of the best rewards, actually. And one of the things um, has been... Just, Few times uh, offered before, and I think it's really, really for the hard real, real gamers out there is develop a uh, suggest your own Easter egg for mm-hmm. the games. So I think that's this is a very unique um, contribution to the game that you can, you can have. Sure, there. <clears throat> yeah. Um, now, uh, one question I've got for you uh, you know, your, your company is very global, you're, you're not all located in one spot as we've discussed. Um, but Kickstarter is, I mean, it's um. I think it's currently just U.S. and U.K. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. Um, yeah. So, if if your you know base of employees is so global, um, you can I guess assume that your audience is going to be fairly global too. Why go with Kickstarter over something like Indiegogo? So I mean that's an easy question to answer, um, Jonathan. The Kickstarter is without doubt the biggest uh, crowdfunding platform out there, mm-hmm. and like Indiegogo does have a. It doesn't have some limitations that Kickstarter has, but just the audience is so much bigger. And um, I don't know the exact numbers, but if you see the average amount of uh, pledges for, for a project in Indiegogo, it was just significantly lower than for the Kickstarter. And it would, there was just, you, you research as much as, as I've done about Kickstarter and crowdfunding, you'll see uh, Kickstarter is just the way to go for now. Um, Indiegogo is a, is a clear alternative for those who don't have the capacity to have a, you know, a, a, a company and a U.S. bank account in mm-hmm. the U.S. Or, or U.K., but yeah, uh, it was a very easy choice for us. There was, okay. there was no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't yet backed anything on Indiegogo, and I've backed like twenty things on Kickstarter. So there you go. There I, you I, go. I'm definitely you know a Kickstarter fan, but uh, I was just you know kind of wondering. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have one more project to back today, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually looking at the the page, and um, it's 
I, I was kind of actually really impressed by some of the tears that you have because I'm used to, um, <clears throat> and I think this has kind of escalated uh, as more and more games have gotten on there, but the, the tears have become kind of more ridiculous over time where, you know, <laughs> it's like $5 gets you a, a thanks and $10 gets you like a thanks and your name in the credits. Um, and then yeah. you spend like 15 bucks and that that's when you actually get the game. And, you know, it's like what backing you guys for $3 that, that gets you the game. I was like, wow, that's, huh, it's only $3. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> that's totally correct. We've, we've seen a lot of, I mean, honestly, for $3, thanks, I mean, awesome, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't have anything against that. But we wanted to make rewards. And, you know, we, we built this complete financial um, model in a, in a spreadsheet where we had to calculate all the costs of everything to make sure we weren't going to lose money because we wanted to make the rewards as juicy as possible. Um, so, yeah, like, the, I'm glad you have the same the impression because that's exactly what we we're trying to do and for anyone there that um can't spread with an amazon account we over we also have the paypal um uh, link like to donate for paypal too okay cool um so uh one of the things that i noticed is that you're developing uh unnamed 101 with um the unreal engine <clears throat> and we've been right. seeing a lot uh more uh smaller developers moving towards uh unity especially for mobile-based games uh, what what made you go with Unreal over really any other uh, development kit? Yeah, so um, I'll definitely. I mean, let, let me answer that. But let me let me set expectations and probably the the, the coders or developers of the game, uh, Juan, uh, sorry, Jesus and Adolfo will probably give you a more detailed answer. But the the, the answer in a nutshell is very clear, and it's like Unreal is more designed to grow big and to go to console and to see afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that's something we, we definitely wanted to keep in, in our pipeline. It's not something we wanted to close our doors for because what the, the, the vision of Hell Studios as a, as a video game uh, studio is to actually provide like a kind of a, like the seamless gaming experience across platforms. And we envision that, we're, that in the future, um, hopefully not a, not, a, not a distant future, that you'll be able to, you know, play with your iPhone or in your Android, um, maybe in the, you know, in the Metro, wherever you are, and then when you get home, continue the same game at the same stage and the same, you know, um, game uh, in your PC and maybe go to a friend's house and continue your console. And if we developed Unity, that wouldn't have been aligned with that uh, long-term vision. And it gave us, the, it just gave us more and more chances. Like, it closed less, less doors and it looked like a clear choice for us, too. Okay. So that that actually kind of uh, goes into my next question is, uh, do you have any other uh, platforms in mind? Obviously, you know, iOS and Android are the the ones for here and now, uh, but Mm -hmm. is there anything that you're hoping to maybe do in the future? Absolutely, absolutely. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say to again, but you know, you just get anything out of me. Um, so I try. As an Android. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I as an Android, uh, sure, uh, the short-term platform support, right? Mm-hmm. And um, then we, we definitely want to go to Ouya, which is just kind of an extension of Android. That mm-hmm. we're really excited about that. Yeah. Um, especially if you research of Kickstarter, it's impossible. You don't you don't feel excited about Ouya, right? And <laughs> and then like we we even in talks and I'm going to uh, Wii and, and PS Vita and. There's an Xbox because Unreal is just very, very um, well suited for Xbox and, and NPC. So honestly, there's there's no single platform um, that we're not considering uh, at all. Well, maybe BlackBerry. I don't think I, I would I wouldn't really <laughs> say, <laughs> I promise anyone that they see us in BlackBerry. But apart from that, we just is this just the vision of the studio, right? To to provide a, the same gaming experience or, or an amazing gaming experience in every platform. Sure. Yeah, and, and that makes me excited because I've actually got a Windows phone. So if you're going to Xbox and all these other places. You didn't say Windows Phone as well. <laughs> that's not going to be there. Then I'm going to take that to be 
that at some point it will be there. Maybe not soon, but it's, it's well, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I didn't see Windows Phone. I just got it out of my radar, to be honest. Look, between iPhone and Android, uh, they got pretty much the, the whole market. But, but Windows Phone is definitely there what? because they there's there's a lot of powerful phones there, and it looks like it's coming back with it, Windows 8 and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you should definitely um, stay tuned and and back the project big time so we can develop for for Windows too, Jonathan. <laughs> Uh, so also, like, um, I just want to, like, if you don't mind, Jonathan, we just remark um, one of the, the last reward we have, and we were very doubtful whether to include this or not, right? But we we very in touch with the indie community, especially, um, for example, in, in just in Ireland, there's so many uh, video game indie startups and, and everything. But uh, we we thought like a lot of indie studios would be interested in um, just learning how we've done it and how to set up this this kind of like global studio and how to set up Kickstarter campaign mm-hmm. and or maybe how to develop some of the renderings or, or characters or environment and so on. So we we just put this reward where they it will, they will get like one hour uh, or approximately one hour of uh, a meeting or a video conference with every member of the studio of Hail Studio. So mm-hmm. for the indie studios out there, if you want to have like you know, some like more than ten hours of private one-to-one professional help in all disciplines needed to develop a video game, like from business, marketing, three D, two D, sound, everything. That's 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 a cheap consulting prize uh, reward you can get there. Just yeah, that's do. that's pretty cool. And obviously, the first thing that they need to do is is listen to this podcast so they can absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, all right, and uh, well, I, I'm not sure how well you can answer this since you know you said that you're not one of the, the programmers or anything. But um, can you tell us anything about some of the challenges you've experienced? Because you know you're obviously going iOS and Android, and uh, the the range of types of hardware that you're going to be working on uh, is is very large. You know, you've got the the newest iPhone, which is super fast and really powerful. And then you've got you know the iPhone 3GS, which is slow and clunky now. Um, is there, do you have a cutoff for what I, you know, iOS platforms yeah. will be able to play it and what it's like to been, or to be, uh, you know, scaling to those different platforms? Yeah, I know you, you're hitting a, a hot topic here, right? I mean, it's really important when you, when you're building a, this kind of game is going to be quality, hardcore game for mobile. You have to be very, very conscious on, on the hardware specs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look. Um, we we'll, we'll do the final testing, so it's not set itself, but it looks like the minimum cutoff uh, model will be 4S for iPhone and um, similar spe- uh, specs for, for Android. And the reason being is we, we want to make sure the gaming experience is as good as we imagine it. So before 4S, no, under 4S, um, it's going to be difficult to, to provide that experience. Although we, of course, considering to do a more light version, like with you know, a few graphics and stuff. Uh, but it looks like we're, on, we're around that, uh, that model. And one of the main challenges, um, if you've seen that with the background, so where the team comes from, I mean, this team is so talented, uh, Jonathan. Like, some of them have been working, in, as I said before, Star Wars Old Republic, uh, others like Mortal Kombat, uh, Spec Ops, uh, even, uh, like, big games like that. And mm-hmm. you, you have to think, like, these guys are, are, are so used to building, like, AAA games for Xbox, for PlayStation, for, for PC, that it, can you imagine how difficult it is for them to actually, you know, bring that polycamp of the, of the renders down and, and build something that is suitable for mobile and adjust to the formats, actually. Um, we had one of the applicants, or one of the candidates we were considering in the beginning, he was, he was also an amazing um, drive record, but when he was trying to do the test um, to apply for it, he, said, he answered, just, you know, I thought I could do it, but I just so not used to mobile, I can't, I, I can't find myself, like, I'm not doing a good job. And he actually pulled out of the application, and, and this has been the main challenge, trying to provide this uh, magnificent experience for mobile. It's been a main challenge. I think, I think we're totally delivering, but that's, that's definitely a hot topic, so it's a good, good question there. Good, you know, I, I try to come up with good questions. Uh, <laughs> good job. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> All right. Uh, well, I think it's uh, about time to wrap this up, but uh, we like to end um, these episodes with a, uh, a little questionnaire um, that's kind of inspired by the uh, James Lipton's Inside the Actor Studio. Um, so I'm going to ask you a series of six questions, and I want you to try to answer them um, as quickly as possible, and they're, they're just for fun. Uh, so okay. <clears throat> who is your favorite video game protagonist? So who's your favorite uh, hero? Ah, it's the Sorcerer and the Adler. Okay. All right. Good choice. Yes, spent so many hours. <laughs> <laughs> so many hours. And ice, of course, the element of ice. Yeah. Um, so who's your favorite antagonist? Uh, so, you know, bad guy. He's my favorite antagonist. I think it's, uh, how, how is it called? Balal? I, I always have the games in Spanish. So <laughs> forgive me if I don't know the other game. <laughs> I remember it was the one of the main enemies in the after Diablo in the fifth act in, uh, in Diablo. Um, that one, they, and he also always gave like so many good items. I just bought it so many times. It was, it was absolutely my favorite. All right. Um, so obviously, you know, um, Unnamed One One is is still in development. It's, it's not going to be out for a little while. What should we be playing on iOS or Android to uh, to tide us over? <laughs> um, what what well, games are you digging say. on those platforms? I guess. <laughs> so I mean, we, we're big fans of Infinity Play, to be honest, uh, and it's been kind of inspired us. Like you know, there's other people betting for like big games in in, in iOS and mobile. So uh, like, I, I just just suggest, apart from the casual games, just look for the good quality games, right? And, and Infinity Play is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. And you, to be honest, there's other ones in Kickstarter too that are like Blink and others that are looking really good too. So so keep keep uh, keep an eye out there on those big big games coming from mobile. All right, good deal. Um, so what is your least favorite video game trope? So, you know, the elements of games that just happen over and over again, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, the, the abilities thing where you start off fully powered and then become underpowered or, or, you know, whatever. Well, what's, what's your least favorite reoccurring trope? I, th- I think my my least favorite thing is when you start and you just have a thousand options uh, already before signing, right? I mean, for example, Mass Effect is awesome game. I mean, that, that's beyond doubt. But when I started, it just took me like an hour to set everything up, mm-hmm. set the character, decide what it was going to be good or bad, decide on the weapons here, and it just took me so much time to start the game play that I nearly gave up. And I just didn't didn't because I knew it was so, so, so worth it. But like one thing, like all the typical games, you have to choose your character before starting, right? In Diablo, you have to choose the character, you make the pirate, whatever. You have to choose the civilization. You always have to make so many choices before starting. And mm-hmm. we like to change that, and that's why in anyone one, you just start the game right away, and you take those decisions afterwards as you play. And I thought it's just so much more dynamic. So that, I guess that's that's a clear answer to that question. Yeah. Um, so can can we expect that then? Lots of customization for uh, U101 um, in Unnamed 101? Good, oh, you good deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like some of them are exclusive to Kickstarter, so if you want to get the, the best deals, uh, definitely go for it if you pack. Um, I mean, it's, it's smaller than work, so it's not even a big investment we're talking about, right? Right. Um, so um, if video games vanished from the world tomorrow and you had to find a new profession... Why, why would you have to say that? You know? Why would you have to say that? Why well, on earth? I'm, I'm not happy anyway. Well, just what other profession uh, would you like to try? Whether it be you know professional skydiver or professional you know drinker or, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> professional drinker. I think I got that covered. <laughs> you know, being Spanish and living in Ireland. I think. <laughs> that's, uh, that's... Yeah, it's kind of a double whammy there, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I got an answer for you. I definitely got an answer. I'm actually a, a jazz player. I got my my degree some years ago. Um, so I'm a fully not non practicing sax player, and I have a big passion for jazz. So one of my dreams, and you know, even if video games don't disappear from the earth, <laughs> I might that, even go for it at some point. I'm not. I'm not that's, <laughs> hopefully, that's not going to happen. Uh. Yeah, so, so if, if, if I had to choose, um, I, I, I might go um, with like being a professional jazz player, just going from pop to pop and living the night. Why not? Awesome. That's, that'd be really cool. Um, okay, so at the end of your life, um, when you come to the pearly gates of the Mushroom Kingdom, and Toad is looking over you, and he looks over the deeds of your life, uh, what do you want him to say to you? Oh, that's, that's really crazy. Um, well, that's a good power up you got there. <laughs> like, like, what an epic game you build! Like, you really, you actually can see it already in our logo. Like this, this melting ice cube. Um, we want to kind of re reinvent a bit, or reinvent a bit, revolutionize a bit the video game industry. So, if someone said, you know, you just make a huge thing here, you just set up a trend. Um, for example, if we, if a, a lot of games started to copy our like comic uh, um, strategy, or or just building a really, really big. Uh, quality games from mobile, that, that would be something I'm really, really proud of. And I mean, of course, like I'm also involved in a series of non-for-profits, so um, that's something I always want to have uh, around me, of course. Uh, just everything related to education and non-for-profit and, and entrepreneurship is something I'm really, really passionate about. So making an impact there um, is really meaningful for me, too. Very cool. Okay, well, um, if you could tell our listeners where they can find out more about Unnamed 101 and when it may-ish be available... <laughs> sure. So the answer is really easy. You, you have to go to a name101.com, and that easy. And then you'll find all our social channels and, of course, our Kickstarter video. Uh, but um, the first stop we, uh, that we should do is just go to Kickstarter and look for unnamed 101. That's it. And you'll, you'll just check our video. I'm sure you're going to like it a lot. Um, if you if you can't pledge or you don't want to, just at least reshare it if you really like it. And uh, we're planning on delivering it um, early 20, 2014. Um, just after the Christmas, after the big games go out. So, I mean, if the Kickstarter go, uh, goes well, um, that'll be the date. And if it doesn't go well, we'll still release it, but it'll probably be a little bit later. Awesome. Uh, well, that, that actually brings up um, one more question that I, I didn't plan on, didn't <laughs> think of. Um, okay. I guess, you know, what, what kind of happens if this doesn't go through? Not saying that it won't, because, you know, like I said, it looks cool yeah. and hope everything goes well. Um, but what... I guess what's your black backup plan? Hmm. So we a name one one is just too cool and too awesome not to happen, right? So sure. the whole team we're we're on board. Like the game is gonna be released with or without um, Kickstarter, and I also like um, I to be honest, uh, I've already heard from uh, several investors or colleagues that I wanted to invest in, in uh, studios and in the game because they just see that is the it's in the right moment, in the right place, and in the right thing to do. So the game is going to be developed for sure um, with some sort of investment or another. And, but just the passion behind the, the, the team is what is making this not only awesome, but just possible beyond whatever world we'll, we'll find. And, and, and that's the, what, what I always say to anyone who's starting a venture. is like, well, it doesn't matter that, how, that much what idea uh, you have in mind or, or what's your project, mainly because it's going to change so much, right? One month from starting will be a different idea. Especially because the only spirit that will make it happen is whatever happens, this will work, you know, I, I will achieve it, I will get success. And, and a name one one is, is definitely powered by that emotion, by that energy, that it will happen what, whatever happens. Um, so Kickstarter will be an amazing help. And, and you know, it, it, I'm sure it'll be better if we if Kickstarter works and, and we also get all the feedback and everything. Well, a name one one, uh, you can already consider that reality. 
sometime you will be able to play for sure. Well, that is good to hear. Uh, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to us. Uh, like I said, I, I wish you the best. I hope everything goes well for you. And uh, good luck with uh, uh, Unnamed 101. Great, John. Thanks very much. Thanks to everyone that has been listening so far. And um, let us know any, any questions you have. In the name101.com, you'll find all the social channels. So any questions you have, we're happy to, to, to answer them. And, and we really want to engage with their, and all the community of fans out there. So feel free to reach um, anytime. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.